Well, good morning, everyone. I love all of you. Thanks for being here. This weekend was a special weekend for me and my family. My brother was in town. We were celebrating. I'm going to ask my parents, Joe and Rosemary, could you guys stand really quick? Am, am I, you, you could take your time on standing up. But on Friday, you don't even know why you're clapping yet. On, fr- <laughs> on Friday, uh, they celebrated an, a wedding anniversary 50-year wedding anniversary. So when you see them, congratulate them and bless them. They have a blessed marriage. I'm going to talk today to you about, uh, about you. The topic today is you. Don't you like, in a good way, like if people are talking good about you and you find out that someone has said something good about you, isn't that like good news? Like, oh, someone's, gonna, someone's talking about me and it's good news. I'm going to talk to you today about the words of Jesus. So we are in a sermon series. A sermon series is a whole bunch of sermons week after week. The series is on the Sermon on the Mount. And today, we're going to specifically look at the words of Jesus as it applies to you. Jesus has some words to say about you, and the title of this sermon is Good News. It says, you are the salt of the earth. Direct quote right out of what Jesus has to say about us. But you, everyone look at yourself. (laughs) You are the salt of the earth of the earth. We are the salt of the earth. So would you, would you stand with me today? We're going to read these words coming from Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 13. We're going to read 13 through 16. There's two statements here. It says you're the salt of the earth. Then he's going to say that you're the light of the world. Maybe you've heard like someone has said, oh, you're salt and light or salt and light. That comes directly from scripture, directly from this sermon on the mount where Jesus tells us that we are the salt of the earth, and then he's going to say we are the light of the world. So listen along. These are the words of Jesus. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but if anyone loses its salt, but but if salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, listen to this sentence. In the same way, here's why he's telling these analogies. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's stay standing as we pray. Lord, we want to live like this. We want to live in such a way that is like salt and like light in this world so that people would see our lives and they would glorify you. You're our Father in heaven. So Lord, that's our prayer this morning. We pray it in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all God's people shouted, Amen. 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 You may be seated now. Let us jump right in to the sermon, shall we? I feel excited today. This is a good sermon. I pray, we're talking about you, we're talking about me today. I pray you'll be encouraged today. I really do. So we're gonna continue with the title of this sermon and add a little bit to it for point number one. If you're taking notes, this is point number one. You are salt, you're the salt of the earth. And I'm gonna say, and people need salt. You are salt and people actually 
need salt. Now, I love salt. Anybody else like salty foods? Oh, look at all the hands. Okay, good. I'm in a good company. Now, now I'm going to say something, and some of you are like, well, I don't love salt that much. Uh, and here's what I'm going to say about myself. If given the choice, and you could ask my wife if this is true, and she'll say, yeah, it's true. If given the choice between like a, a sweet chocolate cake or like a salty bowl of sunflower seeds or olives or cheese or something like that, 99 times out of 100, I'm going to say no to the cake and yes to the salty goodness. Is anybody with me there? Okay, I see those hands, good. Uh, here's another fun fact about me. At my nighttime snack as part of my nighttime ritual is to eat sunflower seeds, like almost every night. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, that's weird. It is a little weird. If you look on the back of a sunflower seed package and you look at the sodium, the salt content, it says that it's just like one serving is two times the entire daily helping of salt. I love salt. Uh, and, and I'll talk a little bit uh, later about what, what too much salt looks like and how it, that it doesn't really fit this metaphor. But we all need salt. Like you don't just like want salt, you need salt to live. In fact, you need about a gram and a half of salt every day for healthy life. In fact, if you're in a place that's like hot and you're sweating a lot, exerting your energy and uh, losing uh, you know, salt through sweat, then if you don't get salt, most doctors say about, you need salt about, you'll live about three days without salt. You need salt to live. You crave it. Our bodies crave salt. If you ever been, had a meal that didn't have any salt, you're like, hey, can you pass the salt? You're like, oh, there's no salt. Well, we'll go get it. Where is it? <laughs> we, we need the salt. I went uh, camping. I'll tell you a story. I went camping a couple years ago with my wife and it was a couple other couples were on this camping trip and it was just wonderful before kids uh, were camping near uh, 11 mile Canyon and we had steaks uh, that we were going to cook on the campfire and there's nothing but you can't get a steak this good at a restaurant when you cook a steak on a campfire with the wooden coals can I get an amen for that okay amen um, uh, and, and we, we were cooking the steaks and we go to salt the steaks and so we're like, where's the salt? Oh no, I forgot the salt. You forgot the salt too. We have no salt. And we had to eat these sad little steaks. Just the bland taste. You ever had steak without salt? It's, it's horrible. You need salt to enrich and enhance the flavor of food. And Jesus says that we are the salt of the earth. This first point is you're salt and people need salt. People, I, I think as, as this sermon progresses, I really hope you'll get this sense that like we, we crave it. There's something inside of us, each and every one of us in this world that craves salt, that craves the work of the Lord in our lives. There's a, there's a quote by uh, St. Augustine who lived many years ago, a, a Christian who uh, wrote some incredible books, and he has incredible quotes. And one of them is, you've, maybe you've heard it before, the heart is restless until it rests in God. The heart is restless. We, we, we run around this world, and we're looking to fulfill our lives and all these things. Our heart is restless until it rests in God. Our lives crave God, his work, his love, his grace in our life. And our life is so restless until it rests in God. Point number two is this, that, that we just need to sprinkle the right. Uh, I, think, I, think my, I think I messed up my notes. We could uh, 
uh, in the slides. I'll just tell you what the point is. Um, <laughs> I think that's on me. Uh, so point number two is this. If you're writing down notes, sprinkle just the right amount of salt. Sprinkle just the right amount of salt. I hinted at like too much salt and what that looks like. Sprinkle just the right amount. I'm going to do a hand gesture. And if you're under 30 years old, I will be surprised if you don't know what this hand gesture is. I'm going to do the same hand gesture. You have to look up here. And if you're over 50, I will be very surprised if you know what this hand gesture is. Okay, are you ready for the hand gesture? Every one of you is going to be like, what is he doing? And some of you are going to be like, I know exactly what he's doing. You ready for this? Here it is. <laughs> what is that hand gesture? Yell it out. Who is it? Salt Bay. So if you're under 30 and you don't know that, I'm surprised. You should know who Salt Bay is. And if you're over 50, I'm 44. Uh, if you're over 50 and I know who Salt Bay is, if you're over 50 and you don't know, let me explain who Salt Bay is. So Salt Bay is a nickname given to this guy who owns restaurants. And it's kind of like one of those theater restaurants. And his thing is that he has steaks and he comes out with this huge tomahawk steak to your table and all the, everyone starts watching. And he's like kind of throwing it up and cutting the meat with like this huge sword knife. And he cuts it all fancy and he spreads it out. And then he takes a bunch of salt, a pinch of salt. He takes it and this is how he puts it on. He, and he like sprinkles it all over the steak. That's his thing. And he became famous for sprinkling salt, which just gives us all a lot of hope. Like you could be famous for, you could be famous for anything. You could be famous for sprinkling salt. And so this guy kind of became an internet meme and an internet gif, if you know what that is. And he's famous around the world for sprinkling salt. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to sprinkle salt. We're not supposed to dump Salt. Has anybody ever been the victim of the worst prank known to mankind where someone takes a salt shaker and they unscrew it and set it back on? Has anybody, raise your hand. I have been, the, I will look at all the hands. This is a horrible thing. It's the worst prank ever. I remember after church when I was a young man in college, uh, I had a part-time job. Didn't have much money, but after church, me and some friends, we would hang out at the church. We'd do some things. We were part of uh, the volunteer team. We'd help clean up. And then after church, after we helped clean up, we would all go out to eat with each other. And it was something I really looked forward to each week uh, with my budget. And I was part-time and going to college. Uh, it's, it was like a big part of my weekly budget was going out to eat with my friends on Sunday afternoon. And it was usually pushing later into the afternoon. We'd go to a restaurant. The food would always take a while because there would be like 10, 15 of us. And we'd eat a meal together. But on one particular day, my meal came. I was starving to death because I hadn't eaten since breakfast. And the food comes out and it needed a little salt. So I reached for the salt shaker, went to sprinkle. The cap came flying off, hit the ground and the entire salt shaker full of salt. <gasps> Why? 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 It's ruined. Why? Why would someone do that? Why would you do that? Set it down and then leave the restaurant for some unsuspecting person at the next table, next in line. Why would someone do that? Don't do that. It's too much. It ruins the food. Can you feel my pain? Too much. Way too much in this analogy where Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. How are you supposed to put on salt? 
You're supposed to sprinkle it. You're not supposed to dump it. I think in history of our uh, just being Christians, I think back to certain times, like certain sad, embarrassing times of church history where Christians were like that salt shaker, the entire thing being dumped upon. I think of uh, maybe times in history where like European colonization, where Christians would come to an unsuspecting group of people and it was like conversion or die, like, like violent means. And I just think of like, man, like when Christians come in and they, they bring all their baggage with the gospel. And it's like, well, to be a Christian, you got to do this and look like this and you got to dress like this and be like this. this, 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 this. It's like, whoa. Where's the, where's the sprinkling of the God's kingdom? Like, why don't come in with a, a salt shaker to dump? We sprinkle, right? I think in, in our modern times, there's a group of Christians, famous or infamous, really. I haven't heard much from them recently, but if you know who the Westboro Baptist Church would be, it's like, well, that, that's an example of just infamy and, and, and dumping an entire container of salt on situations and the, the, the signs that they hold are so offensive. They go to funerals where people are grieving just to make a big scene and then make the media. And if, if that's not an example of like a dumping of salt, I, I don't know what is. Like that's, that, that's not how we are supposed to be in this world. That's not bringing out the flavor seasonings of the kingdom of God. That's dumping like it's just dumping of ourselves onto a situation. I think here in Manitou, um, uh, every, every once in a while on a crowded Saturday afternoon, you walk downtown, there'll be Christians out uh, streets doing a street mission or a street evangelizing. And I've been a part of mission trips where I go to different places and I've seen a fruit of street evangelism, street ministry. Uh, I, I personally think it's maybe sometimes few and far between, but I do know of people who have become Christians because of a conversation they had with a stranger, a street evangelist. Um, so I was, I was walking through Manitou and I saw a guy, it seemed like he was a Christian kind of uh, handing out things. And I went over, I introduced myself to him and he was like, just me, just like, just saying like, why are you here? What are you doing? And I was like, I'm oh, Joe, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. He's like, how do you know you're really saved? He was just like, like right off the bat, just like, whoa, like, hey, uh, calm down. Same team, same team, you know, same team. And he was like, well, just because you're a pastor doesn't mean you're preaching right and blah, 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 blah. He was like barking at me with his words. I was like, dude, like, calm down like and he was just like like getting right he wanted to debate and it was just like man is you just you're here to be mean his uh his his flyers said you're going to hell and then on the back was like you know it was just like it was just abrupt and like someone dumping an entire container of salt on me and i didn't like that and so we were talking and it was like hey man well good luck and i'll see see you later and he said one more question before you leave he said, if you were to die tonight, like right now, like what would happen to you after you died? And I was like, and by this point, like I already kind of had it. So I decided to mess with him a little bit. And he, <laughs> he seemed like the kind of person that, that wouldn't know church history. Uh, and, and so I, I said, I quoted a line from the Nicene Creed. You know the Nicene Creed? It's our creed as a church. In fact, when you came up the stairs and came in, there's a big blue, uh, look for it when you leave, a big blue uh, banner, and it has the Nicene Creed. We believe in one Lord. You know, it goes on to say uh, Holy Spirit and what we believe about the church. It's our creed as Christians 
since like the 300s. So when Christianity was first legalized, Christians from the known world got together and, and took the word of God and said, here's a paragraph and a half of what we believe. If someone wants to know, here's what we believe as Christians. It stood the test of time. It's a wonderful, beautiful creed to memorize, to consider, to read through. When we do baptisms, I always have the, the candidates getting baptized, like read through this. And we need to have a conversation about what it is because this is what we believe as Christians. But the last line, of the creed says we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life in the world to come amen so going back to this conversation with the guy barking at me if you were died tonight where would you go what would happen to your soul and i said well i believe we i'll look for the resurrection and life in the world to come and he said well that doesn't sound christian that sounds eastern are you like one of these eastern buddhist hindu guys is that what kind of preacher you are and then I decided to mess with them even more because I was already messing with them. And, and the, count, the Nicene Creed is named after the city of Nicaea, which is in modern-day Turkey, which is in the Middle East. And so I went along with them. I said, yeah, it is actually an Eastern. It's a part of a creed. <laughs> and he just lost his mind. He was like yelling. I was like walking. All right, see you later, man. He was like screaming at me from a distance, like from Shoshone Park, like all the way to the arcade. It's like, you're a false preacher. And it's like, Gosh, guys, don't dump the entire container of salt. We sprinkle God's goodness in this world. Amen? We sprinkle just the right amount. Jesus says this, Matthew 5, 16, that they would see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds. And then they would glorify your father in heaven. Now, I'm talking here about like dumping the whole container of salt. And I think um, the other side of that is that, unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians who, who see that and are thrown off by that and uh, are like, well, I, I guess I won't share anything then. I guess I'll never share my faith. I guess I'll never have a conversation like that because I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be um, the Westboro Baptist. I don't want to do damage. And so I guess I'll say nothing. And, and that kind of thought, well, that's not good either. In fact, this whole preface, the whole pretense of what Jesus is saying here is because he says, you know, let, you're the salt of the earth. Don't let your salt lose its saltiness. You're the light of the world. Don't, don't hide your light. Jesus is saying uh, like something kind of uh, ridiculous that, that someone would have a light and to light up their house and they would hide it under a bowl. Like that would be silly, right? A light in the house is for lighting the house. We put it on the ceiling, put it on the wall. We, we put it out so we can see. We, and, and salt, the idea of salt losing its saltiness is also just kind of ridiculous. Salt can't lose its saltiness. It would, it would cease to become salt, right? Anybody take chemistry class? Any chemists in here? What, salt is N-A-C-L. What does that stand for? Oh, wow, everyone knows. Good job, class, sodium chloride. And, and if salt loses its saltiness, well, then it's something else then. Its chemical compound has changed. That's ridiculous. It's as ridiculous as the idea of a light and you're, you're hiding it and putting it somewhere hidden. No, we have a light that shines and lights up the world. Uh, Jesus is saying, let your light shine. Have conversations. Live your life in such a way that people will see your life and they'll glorify God. I had a friend uh, a while ago say, 
in our conversations and our relationships, whether they're at school or work or friends or whatever group you're in, you should raise your flag early in the conversation. And what he meant by that was people should know, like you don't have to, you shouldn't hide that you're a Christian. You should raise your flag early so that people know who you are and where you're coming from. It's the most important thing about you is what you believe. And so raise that flag early in the conversation. And so I was working construction years ago. I, had a, I was on a crew of guys that were framers and just the quintessential construction worker crew. Like they listened to heavy metal. They were swearing. They would go out drinking every night, every single day after work. They would all get high. And it was just, it was just quintessential construction worker, dirty dudes. And I was a part of that team. This little Christian seminary student, I was, I was working on my seminary degree, wanting to become a pastor. And I got into this group of guys. And it's hard to explain, but, but I was welcomed in. And when you're working construction, those of you that have worked construction, specifically framing, like you're framing the outside of the house, you're constantly up on ladders, you're on little tiny beams, it's dangerous work. You really need to be able to trust the guys that you're working with. And this crew is a good crew. I mean, but despite the, the heavy metal music uh, <laughs> and the swearing and the drinking and all this stuff, it, they were a good group of guys. They welcomed me in and I trusted them. And they trusted me. And through the months of working there, like I trusted them up on a ladder. I don't know that I would trust any of you, but I trusted them. Like we worked together. Eight hours a day, we worked hard together and I trusted them and they trusted me. And there was moments in this relationship of working with these guys where they would just see something different about me. I didn't go out drinking with them. I'm gonna go to church tonight. What? Like blankety blank? What? Where are you going? Blankety blank? I'm going to church. What? What? Blankety blank? Why would you do that? Like, why don't you come out with us? And I would have little moments where I would share that, that my life is a little different than their life. And, and they didn't. It's by the grace of God that they didn't just reject me. It's like, oh, here's the you know, goody two-shoes, Joe, the church guy. They didn't reject me. They, they, I was part of that team. It was, it was a really cool relationship where I worked with them and was a part of that team, and they respected me, and I respected them. And through this raising of the flag that I was living life differently, I was a Christian, there was moments in the months that I worked on this crew where things happened, and they would come to me. Like one of the guys lost a friend who overdosed with drug use and he came to me and said, well, you know, can we talk about the afterlife? What, what do you believe? Like you're becoming a pastor. Um, can, you, can you tell me? And it, with tears, he was really interested in, in life, in the afterlife. One of the guys, his girlfriend broke up with him is a long time relationship and he came to me like broken that came you know all the other guys were eating lunch he said joe can i talk to you and we just him and i ate our lunch together and i got to share with him about grace and goodness and life and life's journey and it was a wonderful these conversations were wonderful it's by the grace of god because i think in other circumstances i don't think i would have been uh, you know part of that team and, and been trusted so quickly but it was by the grace of god that i see like the lord used me and he used me to, to show salt and light in these situations. I think that same anointing is on us. New Life Manitou, this church here, I, I see that amongst us. So we're, we're not the salt dumping kind of people. I don't see, that's not our spirit here. We have a very kind spirit. I see amongst us, I'm going to call it the salt anointing, to, to, to be salt in, in Manitou Springs, the west side. Like We have an anointing as a church in the last, I think it's the last month, uh, two different people in our church have come to me and say, hey, can we meet? I really want to pray for boldness. Like I have, I want 
to share my faith and I want to be someone who is known as a Christian. I want to share my faith. Can you pray with me? Of course, yes, that, that should be on all of us, this anointing, this burden. At the end of every church service, we pray for each other. And, and if somebody else in here is feeling like, I really want this anointing, this, this burden, I really want to be given opportunities to share my faith, we'll come forward, we'll, we'll pray over you. This anointing, I think, is for our whole church, that, that we are the people who Jesus calls. You're the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. This um, salt, it, it enhances the food. The point number three is this, salt enhances. So to review in this sermon, we, we've talked about you're the salt. Jesus calls us salt. and People need salt. The, the second point was one of sprinkling just the right amount of salt. And for the purpose of, point number three is this, salt enhances. Salt enhances. You know, on every dinner table, there's salt and Pepper, it's, it's, and so you, you eat a meal and you, you use salt and pepper. Pepper changes the taste of the food, right? And, and in a way, salt doesn't change it. It enhances the taste of food. That, that's what it does. And, and I think of Jesus calling us salt and light. These are both, uh, I'm gonna try to say this in a way that makes sense. These are like selfless things. Salt is a selfless seasoning. Light is a selfless wave energy. Like, and what I mean by that is if you have some food and you put salt on it, it doesn't change it. At least it doesn't change it like the pepper does. It enhances it. It's like God's seasoning to enhance what he's doing. Light is maybe a better analogy. You don't look at the light. You don't look at the sun, right? You don't stare at the sun. No, you use a light or a flashlight or the sun's light to illuminate the world around us and what's really going on. Think about that. Like salt, you don't eat salt by itself. At least you shouldn't, right? Um, I have uh, four boys. Quick story. I won't say which one. So, so now you, don't, you won't know. I won't shame any one of them. But one of them during kindergarten uh, in the winter, you know, the sidewalk salt. <laughs> it was like a bag of sidewalk sock up at the Manitou Springs Elementary School during recess uh, him and another little kindergarten buddy like went around the corner and they had opened up the bag and they're sitting there eating the salt right out of the bag. I know, right? All of you are like, oh gosh, why would he do that? I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't know, kids these days. Um, so the recess lady like comes, she's just like doing her thing, comes around the corner and sees these two little kindergartners with salt, just eating salt. She's like, ah, oh no. So she bring, hauls them off to the nurse's office. The nurse calls us. We have to bring them home and like watch them because who knows? Like we asked him how much salt you eat. And he's like, oh, just a, just a whole bunch. And we're like, come on, don't do that. Why would you do that? We feed you. Stop eating salt. <laughs> so despite kindergartners, you, we don't eat salt by itself, right? Right, you could, you're not supposed to eat salt by itself. And it, it's used for sprinkling onto other food so that it can enhance the flavors of that food. The same analogy, the same metaphor Jesus uses of a light. You, you don't light a candle in your house and then hide it. Go put it off somewhere. No, you, you, you set it up and it, it, it illuminates. The, you don't just stand around staring at the light or staring at the sun. You thank the Lord that there's light shining around so that you can see the world around us as it really is. Here's, I'm going to read for you 
the message version of the Bible, uh, how Eugene Peterson, he's this translator, it's a paraphrase. And so some people uh, use make note that it is a paraphrase, not a word-for-word translation of this text, but it's very poetic, and it's very, it's like how we would say it in the American vernacular. And so here's what Eugene Peterson, how he translates this passage of scripture. He says, let me tell you why you're here. You got my attention. Let me tell you why you're here. In case any of you are wondering, like, what's the purpose? Why are we here? Let me tell you why you're here. So this is a translation from Jesus' words to us. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Let me read that again. You're, why are you here? Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. I think about this, this sermon, and I, I pray and hope that's encouraging to you. Jesus calls you the salt of this earth. Jesus calls you the light of of the world. And for some of us, that, that, that might be a new calling upon us. I, I imagine in a room this size, if maybe many of you are Christians, some of you have maybe you'd say, I've, I don't know that I've ever shared my faith. I don't know that I've ever um, had a pointed conversation that, that I started where I told someone about the faith that I have. And so maybe this sermon is, is an opportunity for you to pray that the Lord would make you like salt, salt seasoning, bringing out the God flavors of this world. Maybe you could pray for an opportunity to be light in someone else's life, that they would see your life and glorify our Father. There's some of us in here that would say we would, we would love that. We would love opportunities to, to share our faith. And I pray the Lord gives them to you, that this whole passage is really about um, this this quote that I think about a lot, it's, it's often misused. It's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. And maybe you've heard it before. It says, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. I'll say it again. It's a, it's a quote attributed to a, a church father who lived many years ago. Preach the gospel at all times. Whatever you do, all day, every day, you're preaching the gospel by how you live your life. And then when necessary, use words. Let your actions speak louder than your words is another way to put that. And so this morning, I want to conclude this sermon by uh, having us pray this prayer of confession. Because I imagine there's some of us in here maybe just feeling the weight of of conviction. And that's, um, you know, we we have conviction to, to walk in the ways of the Lord. But I want to remind you that, that God calls you the salt of this earth. God calls you the light of this world. The, the conviction, if you have any, that you're holding may be an anointing, may be a, a, a burden, maybe is a better way to put that, to share, to, to present your life as a life that is salt and light in this world. So would you stand with me? We're going to read the prayer of confession together, then uh, Jordan is going to come back and, and lead us in communion. And I will remind you that if, if you're, uh, you don't need to be a member of this church, we would ask that, that you examine yourself. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, if you repent and believe, then, then you are welcome to come to the communion table. And, and it's with this act of um, contrition, this 
act of repenting and believing that we can now say together this prayer of confession. Would you read it and pray with me? Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. If y'all haven't um, gotten your communion, it's in little baskets under your seats. So make sure you have one and the people in your row have one. Um, what's exciting about this moment of communion is that it's a time to reset and remind ourselves that the power doesn't have to come from us and we don't have to figure this out on our own. When it comes to being salt and being light, we don't have to conjure it up in our own strength. We get to depend and rely on the strength of Jesus. When Joe was talking about salt, it made me think about the body of Jesus that was broken for us. And it's with his broken body, his weakness, that we receive our strength. So as we take the bread, take your little wafer and break it. And as we take that, we can be encouraged that the strength of Jesus' body and his weakness, it is our strength. We can take the bread. And as we look at the cup, when Joe was talking about light, it made me think about we get to shine our light, the light of Christ in us. But in the way that we shine, it's the way that Jesus was lifted up on the cross. And it's he is the light of the world that the darkness cannot overcome. So with the blood that was poured out as he was lifted up and humiliated on the cross, we get to take his light within us and shine his strength, his grace, his beauty for the world to be encouraged. So let's take the blood. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the salt and you are the light. And it is your flavor that we express to the world. And it is your light that we shine to the world. We thank you for who you are. And we thank you that it is not our own strength that we rely on, but yours. Jesus, may you be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship. <laughs> 